You can begin to turn to a couple of passages of Scripture. We're going to be going to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 42 through 45, and Luke, chapter 6, verses 37 and 38. We've been going through this series, Salvation, and it's such a critical biblical concept for us to understand. And so I want to encourage you, if you've missed some of these sermons, go back online to lifefellowship.me and listen to those. Salvation, or being saved, indicates that we've entered into a relationship with the Lord. Through the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, we receive forgiveness for all of our sins and make Jesus the Lord of our life. That's what salvation really means, is we're receiving forgiveness, but also we're determining to make Jesus the Lord of our life. This ongoing process, as we trust God more, as we yield our life to God and grow in our relationship with the Lord, enhances our life. And so why wouldn't we want that? Why wouldn't we want to yield our life to the Lord? And as we've talked about so many times, a spiritual growth and maturity is a lifelong process. So God is continually working in our life and revealing stuff to us, more of Himself and giving us wisdom and insight and extracting stuff out of us that needs to be removed and then backfilling that with the things of the Lord. And so it's an ongoing process. I want us to recite our mission statement at Life Fellowship. It is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And this morning I want to talk about some practical ways that we demonstrate a personal relationship with God. When someone has an intimate personal relationship, there are normally some exchanges that take place. Would you agree with that? We may spend less time on our hobby and more time visiting with that person when we find the right person. We may spend hours on the phone just talking or spending time together doing nothing. Where in the past we're like, oh, I've got to get these projects. And then you meet the right person and you're like, all in goo goo gaga land and uh, giving often indicates a commitment to a relationship and so we will do things that we wouldn't normally do so let me state that again giving often indicates often indicates a commitment to a relationship think about a man proposes to a woman he, he pulls out the ring and kneels down and says will you marry me and the woman looks at the ring and then she usually says yes you know I've often wondered why is there that hesitation? She's What's going through her mind? Oh, that, that's at least a half carrot. Yeah, I, I think, yes, yes. But the ring is a token of commitment that says to everyone, I'm taken. I'm no longer available. And so she's giving something to that relationship. She's saying, I'm committing to that relationship. Now, the ring is given by the man normally costs him a significant amount of money. And that's what the woman is thinking, I think, before she says, yeah, she's like... The, the wheels are turning. But my point is that giving often indicates a commitment. And so you see in this example that the woman is committing to the man and the man has already demonstrated commitment by giving her this expensive ring. And in turn, he is committing to a relationship with her, committed to her. So my first point this morning is giving reflects God's heart. And when we look at the character of God, when we see the character of God, we see that God is a giving God. I know that we want to reflect God's heart. And so as we give, we're reflecting God's heart. God is a gracious, giving Father. He may not be like your earthly father has been, but He's gracious and giving. As we are filled with the things of God, as we grow in our relationship with God, 
we begin to look more like Him in our character and the things that we do and the way that we respond to people in kindness and love and grace, giving grace, extending forgiveness, whatever those things may look like and may be. Jesus gave His life as an exchange for our sin. He paid the ransom for, for us. He gave. So let's go to John 3, 16 and 17. If you want to turn there. For God loved the world so much that He what? Gave His one and only Son so that everyone, say everyone. Everyone. There you go, I like that. Everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. Now that's a scripture that most of you know and you can quote. Verse 17 says, God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through Him, through Christ. And so we see right there that God has already given 2,000 years ago. Actually, you can stop and look at your life. God has given you life. God has given us a lot, but I'm getting ahead of myself here. So let me get back on track. Jesus left heaven and came to earth to restore our broken relationship with God and to teach us how to live an abundant life now and for all of eternity. So we've been talking about that through this series about how Jesus came to fix our broken lives and restore that broken relationship that happened in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. Let's go to Mark chapter 10, 42. And I'm not going to read this whole section. You can go back and read it later. But the background is in the section, James and John are requesting special places of honor next to Jesus in His kingdom. And Jesus tells them, He says, you know, I don't think you know what you're asking. And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, we know. We've, we've got it. They're thinking from an earthly standpoint. Hey, I want to be next to you, Jesus. The rest of the story goes on to, to say that when the other disciples heard what they had asked, they were upset. I mean, can you imagine you're, you're on a team and you find out that a couple of the team have gone to the coach and they're like, hey, can we, can we get special favors here? You go, hey, wait a minute. We're on a team here. We're supposed to be working together. But let's look at how Jesus responded in Mark chapter 10, verses 42 through 45. So Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lorded over their people and officials, flaunt their authority over those under them. And we see that in the world today. He goes on to say in verse 43, But among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. This is a servant leader model that we follow here at Life Fellowship. So if you're a team leader or you're leading, we expect you to be serving. That's really what ministry means is serving. So when we're ministering, we're really serving. We're serving the Lord and then we're also serving one another. This servant leader model is different from the world system. Has your manager ever come by and said, hey, I know your trash can is overflowing. Let me take that out for you. Or, I know you have a lot of things going on this week. Can I assist you in, in some things? What can I do to help? Can I enter that data for you? Or, let me help you with that report. Now that would be a change. Instead of, I want that report on my desk on Friday for your boss to show up and say, hey, listen, I know you got a lot going on. Let me help you with that report. Now, let me bunny trail here for a moment. If you are in a position of, of authority and you have people working under you, be good to them. Listen, I never understood why bosses were mean to their subordinates. I'm thinking, man, if, if they would just be nice and maybe take me out to lunch every once in a while, they'd get a whole lot more out of me than being mean to me. So listen, if you have the opportunity to be a blessing and bless those that are, that are working for you, do that. Why not? 
I promise you the re rewards and the returns will be much greater. But that's very different than the world. I mean, I can't imagine a boss doing that. But what Jesus is saying is that we, will, we should respond very differently. We should be serving one another. Mark 10, 43. But among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. Are you willing to take that kind of approach? Are you willing to serve others? Are you willing to serve your spouse? Are you willing to put others ahead of yourself? Verse 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give His life as a ransom for many. There are a number of very important lessons here, but I really want to focus on the aspect of God giving to us. That's what, really what I want to talk about this morning. Mark 10.45 For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give His life as a ransom for many. The Lord has made it very easy for us to have an intimate relationship with Him. We receive forgiveness for all of our sins. He completely forgives us. We can walk in His blessings. He gives His blessings to us. We can walk in His power, His dunamis, dynamite, supernatural power by the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. He gives us His power. Here's my point. That He's giving all this stuff to us. Now, we, we may not be accessing it. We may not be allocating those things in our life. But they're there for us. And so God has given and is giving to us. So we can see lots of benefits uh, that, uh, of God giving to us where we simply receive. And, you know, these are just a few things that I thought of off the cuff. But you can look in your life and you can see the many things that God has given you. He's blessed you with children. He's blessed you with life. He's blessed you with health. He's blessed you with a home. He's blessed you with fill in the blank. And so God has blessed our lives. So... In preparing for the sermon, I was thinking, well, so what can we give to God? My first point is giving reflects God's heart. My second point is what can I give to God? And one of the things that I want to be a character, well, I think it is a characteristic of this church, is love. That we love God and that we love one another. And the majority of the first-time guests that come through, well, I can't think of an exception, but uh, I hate to say everyone that's, that's ever walked through our doors, but... I, most everyone I talk to talks about the warmth and the friendliness of the people here. And it's genuine. When they walk in, it's genuine. They feel the love of God coming from you, from your lives. We can give our life to God, really. As I was thinking about this this morning, I was thinking about Christine. We have given, we're giving our life to God. And I, I pray that you are doing the same. You don't have to be in vocational ministry to give your life to God. Whatever you're doing, you can still commit your life to God and serve Him. Listen, we need people out in the workforce sharing the love of Christ, going to the places where you work to share the love of Christ with others. So what can I give to God? And I could probably teach several sermons on this, but I'm just going to do one, I think, this week. And there were three things that come to mind. We can give our time, our talents, and our treasure. Those are three things. And really, if I were to summarize it all, we can give Him our life. That's what we should be doing. Saying, God, I give you it all. I give you everything. I commit my life to you. But let's go to Luke chapter 12, 34. And it says, Wherever 
your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. And we've talked about the scripture from time to time, and I think that scripture, it seems so backwards to me, because it seems like it should say, wherever your the desires of your heart will is, it should, I think it should say, wherever the desires of your heart are, that's where your treasure is. But it doesn't say that. It says, where your treasure is, that is where the desires of your heart will also be. You want to know where your heart is? What are you investing in? Where are your treasures? Our greatest commodity is our time. Our very life comes from God. God has given us breath and life. And every one of us have 24 hours in a day that God gives to us. And time is something that, that we can give that we can never get back. We can give money and, and other things, but time is something that we can never get back. So are we giving of our time to God? How are you spending your time? Now, I know that most of us have to work. We have a job to go to. We need to be a good worker, and we should lead the way in exampling and being a good worker. I've worked with Christians that would take time out of what they should have been doing to listening to Christian music or, you know, doing things on the Internet, watching sermons and things like that. And I'm thinking, well, how good of an example is that to your coworkers? You're a Christian, and you're over here sloughing off. There's nothing wrong with those things, but if you have work to do, we should be working. So we should be setting examples for our coworkers. So we have, we all have a job. We all have something to do, jobs to do. And we have additional responsibilities. We have our family to take care of and spend time with, and the laundry in the yard, and play with Taco the dog, or whatever our pet's name is, and spend time with our children, and those kinds of things. So we all have responsibilities. But are you spending time with the Lord? Are you spending time in prayer? And I'm not necessarily talking about some religious exercise. In fact, I'm not talking about a religious exercise. I'm talking about just spending time in prayer with the Lord. There's some things that you can pray for. You can pray for yourself. God, I need some help and patience and being kinder, whatever that is. We can pray for ourselves. We can pray for our marriages. You pray for your marriage? Pray for your spouse? You can pray for your family and pray for your neighbors. Do you ever pray for your neighbors? Pray for your pastors. Do you pray for us? I hope you do. Please do. <laughs> you can pray for your church family. Those are things where we're spending time with God because prayer is not simply just, okay, God, here's my laundry list of things that I need, but it's also taking time to listen where the Holy Spirit will prompt us Mark, I really want you to pray for so-and-so this morning. I want you to call them, encourage them, send them a text, an email, or whatever that may look like. So if we would just simply take some time to be quiet before the Lord, He will speak to us and lead us and guide us. That's spending time with the Lord. It's not just about a task of praying, but it's spending time with the Lord. So are you giving time to the Lord? Are you giving back some time to the Lord in this house? If this is your church home, are you serving in this house? I know many of you are. I'd say most of you are. That's a way that we can give back from what the Lord has given to us. There are a lot of areas. Children's ministry, greeting team. A lot of it is just you're here anyway. They need help setting up for uh, the greeting team and, and the parking lot ministry. We need help. Pastor Christine talked about an AV. Do you have some skills in that? There are a lot of things that we can do to give back to God so we can give of our time. We can also give of our talents. Do you like people? I mean, uh, join 
join the greeting team. <laughs> uh, would you be willing to greet or help set up or serve on Sunday mornings or Wednesday evenings for Bible study? We still have to have things that are done on Wednesday evening to set up the coffee and the snacks and all that. And what skills do you have? You may not be able to play guitar or you may not be a professional teacher, but there's things that you can do. And most of our teachers back in the children's ministry, that's not what they do for a vocation. We'll help you. We'll train you. We'll give you some tools. I think what's most important is that you just have a willing heart and say, hey, I'm willing to do whatever because I want to give back to, to the Lord. Listen, it's really about the heart. It's not so much about giving of our time, our talents, and our treasure. It's really more about our heart. What is our heart saying? And I know what the Lord has done for us and how much He's blessed us. And it seems like the more that we give, the more that He gives. And you cannot outgive God. Let's read on here. So we can give three of the things that I that I came up with this morning is we can give of our time, our talents, and our treasures. And there's more than that that we can give. We can give our entire life. But there are a number of principles throughout the Bible. Think about gravity, the law of gravity. It has an impact on everything on earth. If you take a bucket of water and you hold it up and then you let go, it's going to fall to the ground. If you have a car on a crane up in the air and you release that car, what's going to happen? It's going to fall to the ground. Those are two different things. They have two very different properties, right? Water and a car are not anything close to the same. But the law of gravity has the same impact. So there are biblical principles, there are spiritual principles that you may not look like me, you may have a different situation than I do, but His principles work and they are for us. So let's go to Luke chapter 6 verses 37 and 38. Jesus is teaching on judging and forgiving others. And we see a principle here that can apply to different things. Luke 6 37 says, Do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or it will all come back against you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. Verse 38, Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to, rate, to make room for more, running over and poured back into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount that you get back. Okay, so he's talking about judging others. He's talking about forgiveness. But in verse 38, he says, listen, give and you will receive. And I think that applies to a lot of things. You hear the scripture used a lot in when people are teaching on tithing and giving money. And because it's a, a biblical principle. So if we're giving money, then God is going to give back. If we're giving our time, then God is going to bless back. If we're giving forgiveness, He's going to ex extend forgiveness to us. And so there's, there's a choice that we make in giving. And uh, God says that He will return your gift in full. Have you ever bought a, a bag of potato chips? And it feels full, but it's like half or two-thirds of air or whatever they put in there. What God is saying is I'll open the bag and I'll smash it all down and I'll pour some more in there and I'll shake it to get, get it to fall into all those cracks and crevices and I'll pack it down and it's going to be running over. As we give, God gives back more. That's what it says here. 
Your gift will return to you, not in part. I'm not just going to give part of it back to you. What does it say? It says, your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more. Running over and poured back into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you give back. The amount you give will multiply back to you. Packed down, not fluffed up. Pressed down, compressed to add more, and running over. See, that's God's heart. And when we understand God's heart is to give and to bless, it changes our perspective. Think about your children or your grandchildren. Don't you love giving to them and seeing that smile on their face? It feels good. And that's what, that's what our Heavenly Father is doing. He's saying, hey, listen, they're following this principle. They're obeying what I've asked them to do. I'm going to bless them back because it's my heart. It's God's heart to bless us. When we give, God supernaturally blesses us with more. He says, your gift will return to you in full. How many other things do you know that you can give and you get, get it all back plus more? Maybe grief. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but, okay, so we can give of our time, we can give of our talents, we can give of our treasure. Why do we teach at Life Fellowship that we're to give 10% of our increase or treasure to God? Because it belongs to Him. That's the main reason. And then secondly, because He asked us to. And I, I've used this example before, but I think it's great. If I came up to you and said, hey, I'll give you $100,000, but I want you to give 10000 of it back. Deal. Right. God has given us everything. And He's saying, listen, I just want, with the increase that I give you, with the money that I give you, I just want 10% back. I say that's a pretty good deal. Christine and I give. This church gives. We give as a church to support other ministries. I know that Christine and I give more than 10%. Listen, we've been extremely blessed. Why wouldn't we give? It's a joy to give. And I know that many of you are gener generous givers. Giving, giving, giving. Not only of your money, but your time and your talents. As we give to God, God says, Listen, I'm going to give back to you. Because I like your heart. I love your heart. That's my heart. And when you have my heart, I'm going to bless you. So my first point this morning is giving reflects God's heart. That's really the heart of this message, guys. That's really the heart of this church. Is that we would reflect the heart of God. That we would love Him. That we would come into a personal, intimate relationship with Him. And that we would have godly, healthy, vibrant relationships with one another. That we would train up our children to love God. And to understand the principles of God. So that as they grow older, they understand. Some of our children back there are ahead of many adults sitting in churches today because they're being taught the Word of God. They're understanding the things of God. They're understanding the basic concepts that God really loves them. They're understanding things about giving to God and seeing how God will bless them back. So my first point is giving reflects God's heart. My second point is what can I give to God? My third point this morning is giving honors God. Do you want to honor God? I do. I think you do. I know you do. And you can go to Malachi chapter 3 verses 10 and 11. And it says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. Do you want the windows of heaven open for you? I do. 
Well, let's go back to the first of this verse. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. If this is your church home, this is your storehouse. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. If you do, it's conditional. So you don't have to. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of, of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Do you have faith to test God in this if you're not giving, if you're not tithing? You know, there are a lot of people that have a lot more faith in the ignition switch in their car than they do in God. A lot of people have more faith in the chair that they're going to sit in than they do God. I didn't see anybody come in today and say, well, I don't know if this chair is going to hold me up. But yet, they won't trust God. They won't take God at His word. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Verse 11, Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. God says to test him. This is the only place that I know where he says to do that. Now why is he doing that? I think it's like, go ahead, make my day. Just go ahead, try it. Because I want to bless you. I want to pour out a blessing so much that you can't contain it all. And we've had uh, a number of people have shared from this platform and talked about the blessings of God and how that they've seen God bless their lives in many, many ways. Given personal stories and testimonies about how they have tithed and, and seen God bless them. God promises to bless us abundantly. Let me go back to the scripture, verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. And on a personal note, many of you know that we built a home for, for my mom and Christine and I. And we God has really blessed us. And so we've been able to take the resources from the sale of those two homes and buy this one home. And then God opened up an opportunity for a property to sell that, that we've been trying to sell for a number of years. We have been faithful. My mom has been faithful. And Christine and I have been faithful in tithing. And God has blessed us. We have two storage units full of stuff. We have a garage full of stuff. We have a house full of stuff. We have so much stuff. We don't know what to do with it all. Christine is like, well, okay, we're going to have to get rid of some of this stuff. I'm saying, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. But I need to do the same because I have all kinds of stuff. The point is, is that God has blessed us tremendously. And we have continued to be faithful in giving, not just of our money. It's not just about money, but giving of our time, our talents. We've given our life. God has blessed us tremendously. He has opened the windows of heaven and poured out a blessing so much that it barely fits in two storage units, a garage, and a house. Listen, this message is really about faith. It's really about where's our heart. Because I don't care if you make $12 million a year or you make $1,200 a year. It's a matter of the heart. Are you willing to give back to God what belongs to Him and test Him in this? It's a matter of our heart. Are we willing to obey? Listen, God can't be manipulated or coerced. This is what His Word says. And, I'm, uh, and we teach on tithing because, one, God tells us that it belongs to Him. And so we're teaching you the Word of God. We're teaching you the truth. But also, I want you to get the concept and understanding and the principles so that you're blessed. Why wouldn't I want you to be super abundantly blessed? I want you to be blessed. 
So it's a lot less about the money than it is about the heart. Do we have a heart that reflects God? Come on. He goes on to say, Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them. God is saying, I'm going to place a, a supernatural protection around your resources, your finances. And so when we give 10% that belongs to Him anyway, okay, He's given us all, all of it. He puts a supernatural protection and barrier. And so that 90% goes further than the 100%. What did we read? Give, and I'm going to bless you back with a full measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running back into your lap. I don't understand how it works. I just know that it works. And so as we give to God, He blesses back. You cannot outgive Him. God promises to bless us abundantly. He places a supernatural blessing over our finances. If I had a hundred, no, if I had five hundred million dollars, I can't begin to imagine that much money. But if I had five hundred million dollars, that would be enough to sustain this church. It would be enough to hire all of you full-time staff. But it would be enough to sustain this church. We could go buy property. We could build a nice building that we could expand into. We could build satellite buildings and churches all across the world. If I had $500 million, I would still teach on tithing. I would still challenge you to give. Obviously, it wouldn't be about the money at that point in time. I mean, if I spent $500 million, something's wrong with me. So it's about the heart. It's about faith. Because listen, it takes faith to give. I know that 10% is a lot of money. And I know that when we first began tithing, it was a lot of money. But now it's, it's not even a consideration. Because we've seen the blessings of God and how much He has poured into us. It's really a matter of faith and stepping out. Because if you don't tithe, if you never step out in faith, how are you ever going to grow? If you spent $10,000 on exercise equipment and, and built an exercise room in your house or garage or whatever, and you never went out and worked out, that stuff would not do you any good. God wants us to step out in faith. He's saying, listen, I know this is tough, but test me in this. Just try it, please, because I want to bless you. If I had $500 million, I would still teach on tithing because I want you to be blessed. I want you to get the principle and concept. I want you to step out in faith and watch and see what God does. That's the purpose of this message, really, is to challenge us all. And 10%, frankly, should be the minimum that we should give. We give more than that. A lot of us give more than that because we're abundantly blessed. Because... God blesses back to us and the joy that we get. My mom says that the that uh, we write out a lot of her checks for her bills. And she said, don't write my tithe check. I get joy out of writing that check. And there's something that happens as we're able to give and know that our giving is impacting the lost and dying world. Know that people are coming to this church and receiving Christ as their Lord and Savior. That their lives are being touched and changed. That we're impacting a, com a community around us because there's a building that they can come to. God wants to bless every area of your life. So I want to challenge you today to give of your time, your talents, and your treasure. Because the return on your investment is eternal. I mean, we see blessings now here on this earth. But 
one day we're going to be rewarded. The Bible talks about rewards. And now don't get confused with salvation and rewards. Ephesians 2.10 says, or 9 says that salvation is not a reward for our good works. Rewards and salvation are very different. Salvation is based on Christ dying on the cross for us, doing something for us that we cannot do for ourselves. But as we obey God, and as we do what He's asked us to do, there are going to be rewards, not only in heaven, but here on earth as well. I want us to understand this principle and concept that as we give to God, He gives back. We will always need to depend on Him. Always. And if we're not building our faith muscle now, what's going to happen when we really need it? Are you going to have faith in God? If you won't step out and trust Him now, do you think you're going to trust Him, step out and trust Him when you get into a jam? It's all about trusting God. Do you believe Him? Abraham was counted as righteous, as being in right standing with God, not because he kept the law. He lived seven or eight hundred years before the Ten Commandments were given. But the Word says that Abraham was counted as right, as righteous before God because he believed God. God said, I'm going to bless you with many descendants. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to do all these things for you. And Abraham said, I believe you, God. Do you believe God? If you're not stepping out of faith, I want to challenge you to do that. Listen, again, it, it takes money to pay the light bills and to rent the building and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not going to say it doesn't take money. It does. But listen, I want you to get the concept because I want you to be so blessed that you don't know what to do with all of it. Don't try to manipulate your way around it. Just obey. <laughs> Will you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning? Maybe you're here this morning and God is tugging on your heart. Maybe you had a relationship with the Lord at one point in time, but you've walked away or whatever that may be. If that's you, would you slip up your hand? I just want to pray with you. There's no shame in that. All of us have come to a place of receiving Christ in our life. Anybody here this morning? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank You that Your Word is true. And I thank You that You are true. That Your truth is not dependent upon our circumstances or our feelings or even what we think if it's, if it's not in alignment with Your Word. But it's based on Your great love for us. Your great desire to bless us with abundance in every area of our life. It's not just about money. In every area of our life. In health. In peace. In strength. Encouragement in a job, in promotions, whatever it may look like. It looks like different things for each of us. But Father, I know that your heart is to pour out your blessings upon us, to connect with us on a greater level. And so, Lord, I pray that we would yield our lives to you. It's more than just giving of our time, our talents, and our treasures. It's about giving you our heart, God giving everything that we have, everything that we are to You, and trusting You to know that You will take care of everything. You're a good Father. And so You're challenging some people this morning to step out in faith in different areas and to trust You. Father, I pray that we will obey, that we will be humble, that we will be teachable, 
Because Father, I know that when you see those characteristics in, in the lives of your people, that you do amazing things through their lives. So Father, we come to you today and we pray with expectation that you would help us to be people of faith in every area of our life, that we would walk in the fullness of life that Jesus came to give. And so we pray all these things in the all-powerful and the almighty name of Jesus with expectation that you will help us to go to that next level in you. Releasing all that stuff and just being at peace and walking in the fullness of life that you call us to. So we pray all these things in Jesus' name. It's all about the heart, guys. Where's your heart? And, uh, you know, giving is just one aspect of what God wants to do in your life. There's so many things that God wants to do through your life. And one of the measures is our giving. That really, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. You want to know where the desires of your heart are? One way is to look. Where are you spending your money? What are you doing with your money? Look at your calendar. What are you doing with your time? What are you doing with your talents? I want you to go out this week and I want you to continue to pray and ask the Lord what He wants to do in your life based on this message today. Thank you so much for being here this morning. I love you so very, very much. Go out and make a difference in your world. Be an example and live it. Share the love of Christ with those whom God places in your path. If you want prayer, there will be some people up here to pray with you this morning. If you have some challenges and got some things going on you want somebody to pray with you, just come on up and they'll join you in prayer. You're dismissed. Thank you. Go out and live it today.